Hi, this is Susan Swain. I'm the host of C-SPAN's Q&A podcast. We're taking a few weeks break as the summer winds down and want to use this feed to introduce you to some of C-SPAN's other interesting nonfiction podcasts. This summer marks the 50th anniversary of the Watergate break-in, which led to President Nixon's resignation. The latest season of Presidential Recordings focuses on Richard Nixon's secretly recorded private telephone conversations. In this episode, you'll hear President Nixon talk with key aides about the 1972 general election and his landslide victory. Q&A will be back with new episodes on September 11th. Election night, 1972. Richard Nixon wins the presidential election. The Republican Party gained 12 seats in the House of Representatives but failed to regain the majority. Senate Democrats keep control of the Senate. Early in the morning of November 8, 1972, President Nixon spoke to a campaign crowd following his sweeping victory after his Democratic opponent, George McGovern, had conceded the election by telegram. All of you should know that the one who stands in this position with four years ahead must think of what he wants for those four years. And we want, of course, many things. We want to do the very best job we can for all the country, for all people in our society. We want to have in mind, too, the fact that in this election, it was very unusual in another respect. It was not region against region. It was not one age group against another age group. It was not party against party. I think we can be proud of the fact that as we look at our majority, which is a very large majority, it comes from all of America. Let us remember that in these next four years, we're not going to work for one group against another. We are dedicated to work for all Americans to make this a greater country. To those millions of Democrats and independents who supported us, as well as, of course, to the Republicans who supported us in overwhelming numbers, they have, you have, our deep appreciation. To all those who work so hard, our appreciation. I'll never be able to thank all of you personally, not even get all the letters out that I would like. But I know what you did, and I know how much you contributed. I would simply like to leave one final thought with you perhaps in a personal sense. No one knows before the votes are counted how it's going to come out. No one really would have predicted after our convention uh, that we were going to win this kind of a victory. And now at the present time, I notice some of the commentators are referring to the fact that it may be the greatest victory in American political history. Let me tell you... I have two reactions to that. Of course, it's great on election night to think that we've won a victory, but this will be a great victory depending upon what we do with it. In other words, we win elections not simply for the purpose of beating the other party or the other person, but to get the opportunity to do good things for our country. And the next four years will be the time that we will try to make ourselves worthy of this victory. Coming up, 
President Nixon's calls with White House staff about his landslide victory and changes to the upcoming second term of his administration. Good evening. This was the day that comes every four years when the people of the United States choose one man to wield the greatest power given to any world leader. And it appears at this hour that they turned out in record numbers to choose today the next president of the United States. Despite rain over much of the nation, state after state reported long lines at the polls, some places so long that voting hours were being extended. The report seemed to put into doubt early on this election day at least one prediction of pollsters and pundits that there was widespread apathy over this year's election. Both Republican and Democratic leaders saw in these large turnouts hopes for their side. Republican National Chairman Robert Dole said that traditionally Republican areas of New Jersey and Connecticut were voting particularly heavily. Senator McGovern's chief advisors noted a very heavy vote in Democratic areas, particularly black, blue-collar, and student precincts. Just a scattering of precincts have been counted at this point, but the figures are President Nixon, 218,000 votes. Senator McGovern, 115,000. That would be 65% for the president and 34% for Senator McGovern, and that's with less than 1% of the nation's precincts counted. But CBS News can estimate now, on the basis of its vote profile analysis, that in Kentucky, where enough of our sample precincts now have been counted, will go to uh, President Nixon. His vote will be about 61% of the total when all the votes have been counted, we estimate, to McGovern's 39%. The first vote to fall to the first state to fall to President Nixon in this election night. We'll be back in a minute with more on the election story. That's how CBS News anchor Walter Cronkite started election coverage on the night of November 7, 1972. While network newsrooms announced the night's results, President Nixon called his special counsel, Charles Colson. The two discussed the early results in crucial House and Senate races. Hello. Well, congratulations, Mr. President. Uh, what's it look like at the 8 o'clock reading? Looks to me like a very big landslide. Just about, uh, I think we're going to make honest men out of the posters. Where's that? Uh, give me a quick rundown on this. Well, Virginia, they projected Virginia at 70 percent. They projected uh, Kentucky with almost all of the votes in now at uh, 65 percent. Uh, None is he out or none is down by about eight thousand votes with seventy seven percent of the votes in. He could still win it, couldn't he? You know, it, it's we don't know where the votes uh, where the precincts are that are not being counted if they if they're coming from Republican areas. Uh, I understand. I heard that uh, David's been reporting to me said that uh, apparently uh, Thompson uh, didn't make it. Uh, Thompson looks like he's down. Um, how and uh, this how are we doing, Georgia? Oh, we expected. 
Edwin Helms. That gives us two up. Helms or Chafee. Or Chafee. Yeah, I, oh, hell, I'm just guessing on Chafee. I don't know. Chafee could win. And DeSimone, I'm sure, will win. That gives us a pull. All right. We've elected the Republican candidate for governor in Vermont, who was hanging at your coattails like, like crazy. Uh, we picked up a house seat in Maine, apparently. Uh, is Maine and do we have that projection yet? Uh, no, sir. But uh, they told me uh, when I talked to them up there today in Bangor that uh, uh, this young Bangor Mayor Cohen, very young, very young Jewish boy. Our man? Our man. Uh, yeah, our field man. Yeah, apparently he's doing good. They, they were projecting him. I mean, they were predicting up there that he would they football would just squeak it out. They think that she's going to barely make it. Uh, the poll that you saw was of only certain counties in, in the eastern part of the state. Uh, and they think she'll, okay. she'll make it by a close one. But, uh, well, uh, well, where do we get Connecticut? I think of Connecticut 80,000, and that's damn good. Well, and 80,000, 80, you know, is a landslide, and that'll pick us up two or three there. Won't it? Uh, it'll pick us up two, 80,000. Well, at all? I think so. But we're going to do better than that, I President Nixon and Special Counsel Charles Colson on the evening of November 7, 1972. As the evening progressed, newsrooms reported on both the Senate and House races as control of Congress remained in flux. Here's a report from ABC News. We've neglected the House of Representatives tonight because it's been hard to get all those results in between the results about, uh, of the Senate races and the presidential contests. Let's take a look at the House board now. So far, the Democrats have elected 136 members to the House. 435 is the total. The Republicans have elected 94. The Republicans have won a net gain of three. We now have another major projection in the presidential race, Howard. ABC News will project that uh, President Nixon will take New York which is uh, a major state to take and uh, always hard for a Republican and requires uh, him to run well in New York City, what he's been doing. So far, there's very little of the popular vote uh, uh, reported, but our key precincts indicate that he will take it. He will win New York. That's 41, 41 more electoral more. votes, the second most populous state in the Union. It used to be the first most populous. Well, we saw the House results a while ago. Let's take a look at how the Senate looks now so far tonight, the Senate races. 
The Democrats have won six. The Republicans have won five. The, Re the Democrats are the only ones who've gained a seat they did not have before. We'd like to take a look at two races that are very close and that deserve uh, watching. We haven't been able to declare because they've been too close. The state of Delaware, first of all, in the Senate race there, the incumbent senator, Caleb Boggs, is running a little behind a man named Joseph Biden, who is too young to go into the U.S. Senate. He won't be 30 until November the 20th. Boggs is following, lagging behind Biden. Senate candidate Joe Biden on his way to winning his first of six terms in the U.S. Senate. Later that evening, President Nixon continued his calls about election results with his White House Chief of Staff, Bob Haldeman. Okay, what's the uh, present situation now? Well, you want to run down? Uh, yeah, just, just going through it, they've, everybody's conceded Alabama, obviously. Well, I don't understand the states. I meant, okay. uh, I meant the percentages. Well, they haven't, they're still... Oh, they're not getting those. Well, run it over. No, I, I saw on the television the rundown of states. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Percentages are running high. Yeah. I mean, the, the, what about what about the North? Uh, what about Connecticut? Does it come in? Yeah, Connecticut. They're projecting. CBS is projecting at sixty percent. That's good. Yeah. And uh, what's the margin? Like the Arkansas, they're projecting at sixty-five. Mm -hmm. Delaware at fifty-eight, mm -hmm. which is a little low. Well, it's a tougher state. Florida, one up's got it at seventy-five, and the other at sixty-nine. Mm -hmm. Georgia at seventy-seven.
President Nixon and White House Chief of Staff Bob Haldeman from November 7, 1972. Again, President Nixon called on his special counsel, Charles Colson. The two began their conversation on the numbers coming out of Massachusetts. Hello? I was looking like it, Mr. President. I guess you lose your job. You lost Massachusetts. <laughs> I hope my job doesn't depend on that. What if, uh, what if finally end up? Uh, well, it hasn't. I just talked to you. 54, 20, 30. That isn't too bad. 46? No, that's, that's what they're talking about, 54, 46. But the only thing they've got in is Suffolk County, and that, uh, it's not enough to tell the state. We're doing so well in some blue-collar areas that we weren't right. expected to. Right. What in Connecticut, 60-40 finally? Or? Well, I just talked to Tommy Musco, and uh, he says it's going to hit 60 when they get them all counted, which will be over 200,000 that he predicted. And uh, it looks like they're saving one congressman. It looks like, uh, or maybe two. How do they do that? Well, it's amazing. The coattail thing just isn't working, is it? Well, you know, it's the penance vote, too, Mr. President. Don't, don't overlook that. Uh, I just, New Jersey, we must have picked up the House seat or so. Oh, we have to I haven't seen any of the results. We're going to have to pick 62. What is the New York figure you don't have yet? Well, the New York, uh, yes, there are two projections. NBC is projected on New York uh, 57%, but uh, CBS has predicted 61. So it, it's awful early, though. It's like trying to call any of those northern states. I, the penance vote is, uh, you know, I think is uh, really, uh, there's a lot of truth to it. I just talked to Herb Simone and he said uh, he's going to win, but they've had the heaviest turnout ever in Rhode Island. And... Uh, what about Chafee? He said, uh, well, there's no no votes reported yet in Rhode Island, but he thinks Chafee is uh, absolutely 50-50. He said he couldn't well, dare call it. He thought if we could just hold that one, that would be great. Well, we, uh, we do. we still got a chance to come pretty close in that Senate. Well, we, with Harry Bird. Uh, well, uh, Helms, have we still got a chance there? Uh, not enough of North Carolina in to tell, but my God, you're running so strong. But Scott has a chance, I understand. Scott's ahead. Scott's running very strong. Yeah. Uh, the only other sleeper, of course, is Bugs in Delaware, who's uh, is he behind. He's for well, he's running 50-50, and that's scary. We're carrying it. 58 percent. Yep. Michigan is the start. Oh my God, we're, they're projecting us at 58 percent in Michigan. You know that last minute stuff may have helped a bit there. I think that busing in. Yeah, yeah. They called me and uh, yesterday. Let's see what day is today? Tuesday. They called me yesterday and said that it was just a sucker. And uh, yeah. So it. Uh, yeah, I think it has helped, and I think the Wallace.
would think we would, uh, Mr. President. I'm 300 votes behind, Boggs is. Oh, boy. With almost 60% of the vote in, so that's a tough one. Uh, but we knew it was tough. But what else could we have done there? Not a damn thing. We sent Agnew and I should have oh, well, no, 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 no. I called him. I, uh, well, no, it, uh, now Herb Simone said that if he'll catch some hell for not going in and campaigning every state, but what good would it done? Look at the ones we did go in. It didn't help and it doesn't make, doesn't make that much, really doesn't make that much difference. Uh, you, you've got the, the thing that is, the thing that I think will be written about this election is that your enormous landslide people are, are learning how to split ballots, and uh, if a Democrat comes out and votes Republican at the head of the ticket, he may feel, well, i got to, you know, go back to my party loyalty as I get on the ticket, and that has an impact. I mean, that's obvious what's happening. Can that governs anything yet? Uh, Jean Westwood did. Uh, she said, no, no. She said, the too early to say. No. She said, uh, poor Senator McGovern was struggling up to all the time. It's very hard to beat. It's very hard to beat an incumbent. God, what an incredible voice she has. But um, she, it's obvious they're in their lick. Texas uh, Towers in 58 percent. Tower, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, oh Christ, and and it looks like we will carry the state with uh, anywhere between 68 and 70 percent, according to the two network projections. I think we're over 60 nationally now. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna have to be unless New York and California pull it down. Well, California is the only possibility of pulling that down. But you can pull that down that much. No, you can't. And uh, especially with, see, we've got Michigan. I've heard no, nothing from Wisconsin. Well, best, Wisconsin isn't enough votes to pull it down. No. And those mountain states, hell, we'll have no, no. those in the neighborhood of 65. Well, you, I mean, the Oklahoma, they haven't called it yet, but you're, you're taking 75% of the vote, you, which is, that's a really good size state. You go through the Kansas, uh, uh, let's see, Kansas was 70, uh, six, no. I don't have the projection. It was 63% on the actual total, but we'll do better than that, I think. Shirts is watching the networks, just the gig in case they give us bad, but very good. Oh, he's monitoring all three of them tonight, yes, sir. I, oh, just, I understand they're doing fairly well, aren't they, the networks? I, I don't think, well, I've been watching mainly NBC. That brings us trying to accept once that the vote was very low, and that proved to be wrong. If I understand it's over 80,000. Yeah, and Chancellor said Johnson had the biggest landslide ever, which, of course, he did. And uh, So they're... they're uh, Accuracies. It's uh, not much good to watch CBS because they they really have some troubles with their labor unions. They're losing uh, three or four million a day. It's very sad. Uh, I'm shedding a lot of tears for CBS. But uh, now, as I look at each of these, Mesco, uh, when I talked to him, he said it was just what he figured. He said you've got the blue collar Catholics, and he said they're over there with him. He said just to keep them, keep them, and. Uh, Simone said that uh, he's convinced that you're coming in has, has pulled him ahead. He's convinced he'll win because you're coming in. Uh, we don't have a number on ourselves in uh, Rhode Island, have we? No, nothing's been counted up there. But he sure. thinks he's in. You no, know, he thinks he's going to make it. And he knows you are. He says Chafee may. And he said he would give Chafee 50-50. He said just so damn close he could really. So we've got Chafee and Boggs, two real tough ones there. Yeah, uh, now Powell, the last, I don't have the figures, but Powell had moved ahead in the last counting in New Hampshire, and uh, that's on an actual count. Now, considering that the way uh, that state reports, you're going to be getting uh, conquered heavily at the outset, so that, uh, in a conquered area. Well, he, where he ought to do well is in Manchester. Yeah, well, he may, uh, if, he's, if he's ahead early in the evening, I would think he has a good shot at winning it. So we may pick one up in uh, Powell. Margaret? 
we don't have so I figure on the Senate then that we lose one in Kentucky and we could conceivably lose one in South Dakota and conceivably Delaware and Delaware lose three we could pick up one in New Hampshire we could pick up one in maybe in uh, Virginia you got Virginia and we could pick up one in uh, North Carolina still right yeah North Carolina uh, you could still pick up one in Rhode Island and one in Oklahoma and one in New Mexico that's right there's one two three that we could we could gain three uh, well, no, we may not lose Delaware. I may not lose South Dakota. The game three is still the game three to five. Yeah. It doesn't look like it actually, uh, in the sense though that uh, I must say, in the sense that, that the, there's such ticket splitting. Yeah, I think that's a phenomenon. Well, we'll see. I think that's the phenomenon of the uh, South Dakota. Some way, I think he could make it. Some way, he's an attractive fellow. He's been running a he's been running a hell of a fine campaign. Uh, That's one that if we held that and picked up two of the others. We did in that game. We need to hold that and get up Mark and get Bartlett and Domenici. That's right. Um, and I wonder if we'd gone to Louisville rather than Eastern Kentucky if that would have done the trick for none. No, he was too far behind. He's twenty-five thousand votes. It's nothing would have saved him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. You know, there's another thing uh, that you have to remember. I. I think at least when the. When there's a big vote for the head of the ticket, which is, yeah. uh, which really is one hell of an endorsement of you, you bring out a lot of brass collar Democrats. That's right. And uh, they vote for you. Be ready, Christian. Okay. They vote for you, and that's... Be ready. Okay. Yeah. They vote for you, and that's, uh, you know, then they then they go back to their party way, plus the... Right. Apparently that, you know, that tax issue is a killer on, an ex, sure on a governor or an ex-governor. Sure is. Sure is. But I... Uh, I now think, uh, Mr. President, unless there's some surprises that uh, you've got a... You're holding, it looks now, uh, the, even, the, even the more conservative networks are projecting about 60, aren't they? Yes, sir. And, uh, and some even projecting a little more than that. Yeah, privately, Phillips tells me that NBC says between 61 and 62, based on their projection. Well, based on the... Yeah, of course, some of this is higher than they think. I'm not, I don't know, it could be. Oh, yeah, I can't have the kind of margins in some of these places. Well, we'll see what New York does. Well, take Connecticut as a perfect example. You're 60-40 in Connecticut. It's, uh, to me, pretty clear that you, you're going to do that well in the end, and Illinois, and New York, sure. You take those three states, and Ohio is about 60-40. And Ohio is close to 60 yeah. Michigan is uh, up to 58, if that projection is accurate. Uh, sure, yeah, then you can't, you can't go lower, because the South is just, uh, we're up to around 70% in the South on the average, I guess. California then coming in at 55, would it see? Can't, can't overbalance that. No, can't. You'd still be at 60. Well, that's good. We'll know more in how long? About an hour? I would say uh, it's a quarter, uh, 20 minutes to 10 now. 20 minutes to 10, yeah, I would say uh, a good bit more in an hour. Uh, okay. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. President Nixon and Special Counsel Charles Colson on Election Night 1972. After 11 p.m. that evening, Democratic nominee for President George McGovern spoke from his campaign headquarters in South Dakota. Thank you very much. We're here among my friends in South Dakota where this campaign began almost 22 months ago. Yeah. 
uh, we, now, we now bring it to an end tonight, and I have just sent the following telegram to President Nixon. Congratulations on your victory. I hope that in the next four years, you will lead us to a time of peace abroad and justice at home. You have my full support in such efforts. With best wishes to you and your gracious wife, Pat, sincerely, George McGovern. The first, uh, the first presidential concession that I remember hearing was that of Adley Stevenson in 1952. He recalled the old Lincoln story of the boy who had stubbed his toe in the dark, and when the lad was asked how it felt, he replied, well, it hurts too much to laugh, but I'm too old to cry. It does, uh, it does hurt all of us in this auditorium and many others across the country to lose, but we're not going to shed any tears tonight about the great joys that this campaign has brought to us over the past two years. All of the satisfaction and joy that we have found in these past 22 months are not going to be washed away with the tears and regrets of one night. We, uh... Democratic nominee George McGovern from election night 1972 announcing he had conceded the race to incumbent President Richard Nixon. After all the votes were counted, Senator McGovern carried only the District of Columbia and Massachusetts. Early in the morning of November 8th, President Nixon spoke with New York Republican Governor Nelson Rockefeller about his Democratic opponent, George McGovern, and the vote tally from New York State. Mr. President. Hi, Nelson, how are you? You've done the impossible. I just got back from the Shore Motel, and they told me they told me you called. I knew that. You know, it's so hard to get through those shouting crowds, and I just didn't do it. But uh, well, it was great, the whole thing. I can't tell you how much we Well, I'll tell you, you know, you, you, you uh, did just what you said you'd do in New York. I'm your friend. What did the bottom did it come out finally in New York? Well, the television now is saying 59. 59? Isn't that something? Well, listen. 59 in New York? Huh? It's going to be well over a million. Oh, gosh, yes. Let's see. That's terrific. Well, and you still got a good chance of carrying New York City. <laughs> God, isn't that something? Unbelievable. Well, you may end up with 60 then if you carry the city. That's right, see. Uh, and they say 42% of the Jewish folks. Oh, my God. I gave you credit for that. No, sir. I don't want to <laughs> the whole thing, and no. we're just here with you. Well, where, where did I me get you at home? Yeah, I'm just thrilled. I'll tell you, well, that's good. I, I was, uh, had to wait around for McGovern to make a statement, you know, so late. I mean, you know, the, 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 the darn network for conceding it at 7 o'clock. That's right. Oh, believe me, we've been watching it all night. Right. Well, but I'll tell you, it's a great day. The only state now that we've lost is Missouri, is, is Massachusetts. And, uh, At least did you get Washington, D.C., too? No, 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 we lost that, but I didn't count. Minnesota, there's some doubt about it. We don't know, but uh, suppose we get it, but that's good. It's quite, a, it's quite something. Oh, it's just unbelievable. And, uh, we couldn't do it too well. And, uh, we, uh, oh, tell me, did you, by any chance, what you do on any of those house raises, or do you know yet? Oh, yes, we, we won 
Pfizer won, he, he knocked out uh, Archer, which was good. Brownie Reed, unfortunately, beat out. Uh, he did. Um, scary. And Joe Boyd was beaten out on the island uh, by Otis Pike. Well, we got Dow, we knocked out Dow. Right. So uh, then the rest of the so it's, it's a wash, huh? Yeah. We got about two. We picked up two. Pick up two. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. Well, now. I'm going to Florida tomorrow for a think for a week, and then we got we ought to have a little chat if you have time. Right. What are you going to do? I'm looking for. We're going to go out the country and go over the camp. Great, great, we're great. We're out in the country. And well, you you feel good though, do you? Oh, you know, incidentally, as you, wasn't that fellow unbelievably irresponsible in the last two days? Those charges. Did you know? Uh, for your information, I, Henry may have told you when I was on the air field at. Carolina Saturday, I got, we got a wire from the North Vietnamese. They've agreed to negotiate without conditions in one week. It's all done. We never said it, see. But, you know, that's what you had to but Did you ever see such an irresponsible campaign as this clown put on? No, and of course, his running mate wasn't any worse. <laughs> but what a babbler. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, let me tell you, Mr. President, I saw your daughter, Tricia, in New York on the television. They told her what McGovern had said. And this child was so marvelous because what you say was your reaction that she was so controlled and she was quiet and he said, Well, freedom of speech is a great thing in this country. Yeah. The pressure of the campaign. She was I just really I just thought she yeah. was so great. Well, as a matter of fact, my family felt a little bit and they said, No, don't say anything nice about him but did you note noticed that I was very careful to say, Look, everybody you opponents and others, you all fought hard, now let's get together. You gotta be generous. President Nixon and New York Republican Governor Nelson Rockefeller in the early hours of November 8, 1972. Late that day, President Nixon went over presidential and congressional election night results with Republican strategist Harry Dent. The two broke down the numbers from races across the country. Yes, sir. Well, you survived? Yeah, you, you sure survived in good style, Mr. President. Yeah, I just saw you were on television a lot last night. I didn't see it, but I read the news from me this morning. Right. Trying to interpret everything. Well, I must say, the Southerners came through in great style. Well, the whole country did, actually. Yes, sir. The, on the Senate races, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you ended up with a net plus of two in the South. Yeah. And in the House races, I think we're going to end up with a net uh, gain of about uh, five or six in the South. Yeah. We won some, and all of those were your victories, Mr. President. Your yeah. whole house won the governor's race. Did he win? Yes, sir. You did that. Everyone we won in the South was... What happened to Fletcher Thompson? I was so surprised. Mr. President, he, he's no candidate. All right. And the second thing was he, he abused that Franken privilege. Yeah. Let me ask you something else. Yes, sir. I wonder, Harry, if, uh, if, if really, speaking, speaking quite candidly, if whether that...
Italian people, except where there were staunch Democrats who couldn't be unseated, I couldn't fault them overly on that because... So there it was all right. What about the rest of the country? Uh, it didn't seem to me that, frankly, uh, Harry, the people that I saw we were running in some of the northern and western right. states, God, they seemed like a bunch of sad sacks. Yes, sir. Old and for the most part. Well, our problem in, in, this, in this election was uh, the candidate problem. I mean, it, and, and as yeah. I said, too, even in the South, frankly, I mean, we won with Scott, but you did that. We won with him, but you did that. And no, so, neither one of them are much of a candidate. No, sir. Tell me this. When you think of the ones that we lost in the Coatdale dinosaur, do you think, for example, if I had gone to, Hill, to Iowa that it would have saved Miller? I don't think so. Miller was... I don't think so. Even Mr. President, we're an incumbent. Can't yeah. win with you. Miller, well, Miller, too, has been... He's so... Uh, he's funny. He's a negative fellow. Yes, sir. Now, look, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. But how bad did he lose? Uh, by about 15 or 20,000, but... That might have saved him. No one could figure that an incumbent could have lost with him. Oh. Well, but, uh, isn't it a possibility that some of them didn't hang closely enough, or, or, or did they? I don't know. Didn't, didn't use your situation enough, yes, sir. Remember, I kept saying... The ego's got in the way, Mr. President. Huh? The ego's got in the way. Uh, what mean, I mean is, uh, yeah. as incumbents, they didn't want to think that they had to hang on to your That's right. Yeah, they, and too late, they, they were saying they were all going to do it. Right, sir. Right, sir. Margaret, that's simply age, wasn't it? Yes, sir. She shouldn't have tried it again. 74. Bob's is just too bad, haven't we? I suppose if I'd gone over there, maybe, well, we had Agnew in there right at the last, and, you know, that's as much as we ever have got in, you know, in the Eisenhower years. Right. To, to Delaware. Uh, Mr. President, the way you went, though, uh, the way you went, you won, like you went to North Carolina, yeah. you went to Oklahoma. Except Kentucky. Except Kentucky, and, and, and the Rhode Island situation. How do you figure Kentucky? Louis Nunn raised taxes when he was governor. That and they just stuck with him. And then, too, Louis comes across as a crude, strong politician, yeah. not a statesman. Yeah, yeah. I think now, in uh, in Rhode Island, my I just have a feeling there the problem is, was Chief, he just... He was a dove too long, that's what I think. Uh, I don't see how we ever stood a chance in Rhode Island even for you to win there, frankly. I mean, I just yeah. never counted that as a... I mean, well, as it turns out, uh, uh, apparently we we finally won Minnesota, didn't we? Yes, sir. Is that the final count you got on? Yes, sir. I thought we would. I mean, I thought uh, you made Hubert's last minute and Alaska came through. Right, sir. Yeah. Right, sir. In fact, the only one they got then was Massachusetts. The only one they got was Massachusetts. And Massachusetts deserved to be on the wrong side. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Uh, yeah. California, they haven't got the final return, but uh, it's, what, 55, 56, and that ballpark. Yes, I saying on television this morning that uh, uh, they think that you're going to end up with the biggest and bigger than Linda Johnson on the on the percentage, and that uh, Alf Landon only picked up eight electoral votes, but by this guy got 17. 17, yeah. Well, on the percentage, I think it's going to be 62, don't you? It's, it's, what is it now? It, I think, and I hope it is. Uh, the, uh, I don't, I don't know. What the hell did Johnson have? He had 61. 61.1. 61.1. Yeah. Of course, if we hadn't had that goddamn Schmitz in there, that's right. we'd be at 63, you know. Yeah, a million nuts in the country. A million nuts. I mean, there was no, no reason to vote for Schmitz. No, sir. Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, I'm glad we got little Hohauser. You know, he's he's not much to look at, but he's a good man. He ran up. He ran a perfect race, Mr. President, and he wrapped. He jumped on your coattails and never turned loose. Yeah, but I just can't understand, Harry. Isn't it really 
43 to 44 million. But it's 61, but they don't say 61. What percentage? It's between 61 and 62. Yeah. But uh, total 43. Johnson got, what, 43, wasn't it? Of course, there's a hell of a lot lower registration. Than yes, sir. The lower, the, the, what do you attribute the low, lower vote this year than 64 to? Polls? I, I think some of those Democrats didn't come out. I'm trying to check in the South. I think some of the blacks didn't come out in the South. I think that, that this all didn't stir them up. That could be. And uh, also, also another possibility is that some of our people just thought, well, what the hell we're in. Right. Don't you think? Right. Nevertheless, nope, nobody here should know is going to make one goddamn, except for the commentators, about the low vote. There wasn't apathy among our people. Did you think so? No, sir. No, sir. I, I never ran into that as I went around the country. Yeah, that was Connolly's point. Connolly says there's Mr. President, no one other point about we got out there to surrogates. I know I did. And went in these congressional districts, and I read letters of endorsement from you for every one of these many races. So, I mean, we did something for these people. Well, not only that, let me say we gave a letter of endorsement to everyone. I had a picture taken with everyone. Right. To all the Senate candidates, we had television clips made for all of them. I did radio tapes for all the Senate candidates. Right. Uh, and I made telephone calls to them. Now, by golly, now what in the hell more that, can you do? That information should really be given out. Uh, well. Uh, to make sure we just have to make sure that's out. Well, you and Helen, you do your 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 best to get that out. We right. Get a hold of all of them, and I told them to pass that around. Maybe they didn't. President Nixon and Republican presidential strategist Harry Dent from November 8, 1972. President Nixon became the first Republican to sweep the South, receiving nearly 18 million more votes than McGovern. President Nixon still holds the record as having achieved the widest popular vote margin in any presidential election. In the next call from November 18, 1972, President Nixon strategizes over White House staffing changes with Bob Haldeman. As this call begins, the two men talk about Secretary of State William Rogers and his preference to stay on in the administration. Yes, sir. What's the report? Well, I just got back, spent an hour and a half with him, and uh, he's going to stay on. He completely accepts all of the conditions, understands them, and will go ahead with reorganization that you will make the decision on all appointments, as we're doing in all of our all departments, that promotions in the Foreign Service and any activity there has got to be based on loyalty, and I hit the Yoast thing hard, that uh, we've got to shift to working within the system, that we've got to get out of the president going through the agonizing role of being the referee and all this stuff, and uh, that you've got to agree to uh, work that out, and uh, it's got to be done, and he... And that we have a clear understanding that the departure is June 1st or sooner. And uh, he said, absolutely. That He said, I just took June 1st out of the air, and it may be that it'd be much better to go in May or even April. But uh, uh, in any event, that he said, I, I feel strongly I should go by June 1st because I don't want to get started on the European Security Conference because a new secretary should do that. Right. And also, it doesn't give the new secretary the thing we got to think we can't ask a guy to take over the job for you know he's got to have his four years that's the other thing yeah well he's, he's uh i think you know after thinking it all over he, he i hit him pretty hard on all the stuff i said that it was kind of a surprise to go through the thing that we went through there because the the uh 
understanding the, the thought that you had had, and I certainly had, was that Bill intended to leave. Right. That there was no intention of anybody firing him. It was a matter of confirming what we thought was the plan. And uh, he said, well, I did. It's not a question of that at all. It's just timing. Right. Okay. And I didn't want to look like I was being fired. Right. And then he goes into all this stuff of how, you know, the usual, same stuff he went through with you, the loyal foreign service, all of that. But, uh, but you cracked him on Yoast. I sure did. And, uh, of course, he, he, he doesn't blame it. He, he mitigates it by the... From November 18, 1972, a call between President Nixon and his chief of staff, Bob Haldeman. According to the University of Virginia Miller Center researcher Ken Hughes, 1972 was, quote, the best year of his political life. His diplomatic opening to China reached fruition with a widely televised trip to Beijing. Detente bore fruit with a signing of the Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty and a summit in Moscow and Nixon's decision to bomb North Vietnam and mine Haiphong Harbor to stop a communist offensive proved highly popular. When Henry Kissinger announced shortly before the election that he had resolved most major negotiating issues with North Vietnam and that therefore peace is at hand, it was only icing on the cake. During most of this outwardly triumphant year, however, a scandal of epic proportions was quietly growing within the administration. And that was, of course, Watergate. Next time on Presidential Recordings, the nomination of Chief Justice Warren Burger. The Burger Court dealt with everything from abortion to capital punishment to pornography, and it most likely ended Richard Nixon's stay in the White House in 1974. We thank NixonTapes.org, the Miller Center at the University of Virginia, and the Richard Nixon Presidential Library and Museum. Remember to follow Presidential Recordings so you never miss an episode. <laughs>